Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, where all things football are injected right to your veins. With your hosts, Matt Donnelly, Calvin Shoemake, and Jeff Mueller. That help if I pull us in the screen. What is up? Welcome, everyone, to a special edition Dynasty Vipers. We are excited to be doing our team spotlight series, continuing it here tonight. And we've got a very special all-star cast here to join us to talk about the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys cool. Nation, America's team. I guess we're still calling America's team, right? Yeah. Yeah. So first, without further ado, let's just let's jump into the show because we've got a lot that we're going to talk about here tonight. Calendar flips over to January, February. We start thinking about rookies, thinking about, you know, how much talent they have and all this stuff. And that's good. We definitely want to do that in Dynasty football. But we also need to understand the teams that they're going to find themselves in. We need to pay attention to free agency, to caps, all kinds of situations like that. So... To break it down with the D Dallas Cowboys, we're joined by first right here. I'll let him introduce himself, Mr. Nate Hamilton. Nate, where can we find you and what you're working on? Hey, what's going on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter where I live every day, uh, every second of every day, too much. Uh, I live there more than I live at my own home, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so at DominateFF, and you can find my work over at thegameday.com, uh, and you can follow them on Twitter as well, at the game day NFL. Very good. Casey, I'm going to toss it over here to you next and feel free to tell us about how cold it is there in Dallas. It's so cold. Oh my gosh. I am like, I don't even know what to do with myself. Oh my gosh. No, um, it's not that cold, but it's cold enough where they close down everything. So I'm okay with that. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm Casey Kasem. You can find me on Twitter at the Casey Kasem. Uh, I am also a writer over with the fantasy footballers and I have a podcast called get real with Casey Kasem, where I talk to people in the fantasy football industry. Yep. And, uh, yeah, look, don't let those Canadians mess with you. Okay. Like if, if Matt or any of those guys give you problems about how cold it is, like, Hey, it's, it's, it's it cold gets cold. Us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jason, what's up, man? Where can we find your work? Hey, what's going on? Uh, Jason Walner, you can find me at DFFJ Walner on Twitter, uh, also on the gram, same thing. And uh, going to be restarting uh, Capology 101 uh, actually very, very soon. I'm excited to do that. So get that going again. The cap uh, situation in Dallas might come up a time or two here, Jason. But uh, hey, why don't we go ahead and start? Because a couple of you guys are not from the Dallas area. You are from the New England area, you said originally. So it's just tell us. Jason, how'd you become a Cowboys fan? And uh, just a little bit about your history with the team. Sure. So I became a Cowboys fan. My first season being a fan was 1989 when they were 1-15 and Aiken was on his back pretty much every time. Um, so funny story. Uh, my grandfather on my mom's side is extremely religious. Um, so he was watching the news one day and he saw the interview with Roger Staubach where he was on TV and said, you know, he likes to have sex just as much as Joe Namath, but he only does it with one woman. My <laughs> grandfather was like, that's my guy. So that's how uh, 
my mom's side of the family became <laughs> Cowboys fans, and then my uncles got me in. So, like I said, the first year they sucked, but then shortly after, we all know, uh, three or four rings. So, it kind of made, made it a little easy right there. But that's how I got started, so it's a family thing. My dad wasn't very happy, though. He's a Giants fan. He's not happy at all, like at all. <laughs> Nate, you're from the uh, similar area up there in yeah. New England. Tell us about how you became a Cowboys fan. Yeah, so I live in New Hampshire, uh, but I was born and raised in Lowell, Massachusetts. So uh, I am from New England, always born and raised. I've been here all my life. Uh, but baseball was actually my first passion for sports. So I'm a hardcore Red Sox fan. However, you know, the Patriots at the time of me growing up, they weren't very good. They were when they made the playoffs, they were eliminated first round by the Browns. Uh, so it was very frustrating to even try to root for them. So I never really felt, you know, a, a connection with the Patriots. So oddly enough, 2006, Tony Romo steps on the scene and this is after all the championships. So this is where I get hate from both sides, like the Cowboys <laughs> truthers and real fans, like from back in the day, they're like, oh, you're a bandwagon fan. But it's like, I stepped in when they started losing. So you can't even say that. Like I've stuck with them this whole time, but Tony Romo, I was just flicking through the channels one day and again, not really tied to the Patriots and Tony Romo made a play. I just stopped it. And he made a play where he eluded the entire defense and threw like a 34 yard touchdown pass. And out of nowhere, I just, I just celebrated it. I was like, yes, <laughs> that was the best thing ever. And I was hooked Cowboys fan ever since. Uh, but it's one of those things like, you know, when I tell people, Hey, I'm a Cowboys fan because of Tony Romo. They're like, yeah. So it's like, I, I don't get the love on either side. <laughs> but hey, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, help who you love, right? No. And, and it's so funny because sometimes you figure out like who you're rooting for in the moment. Like yeah. in the Super Bowl, like I celebrated when the Buccaneers scored and I was like, I guess that's who I'm going for now. All right. <laughs> exactly. That happens. <laughs> Casey, what's, uh, what's up? I'm so excited that, that you're here. Tell us a little bit about your history with the Cowboys. Um, so I'm north of Dallas by about 30 minutes. And so I've been a Cowboys fan my entire life. Um, even though I guess <laughs> my dad's from Pennsylvania, he's been an Eagles fan since, you know, he, before he had me. And then when he got married to my mom, she kind of converted him to a Cowboys fan, which is like a big no, no, you know, <laughs> you're an Eagles fan and now you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. And then after she, she was very powerful. And then, <laughs> when he, well, here's the, so now he lives back in Pennsylvania um, to help his mom out. And he's a huge Cowboys fan living in like my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, everybody up there are Eagles fans. So every time I go to visit, it's like, don't throw batteries at me. It'll be okay. Life, life will be okay. <laughs> um, but I've been a Cowboys fan forever. And I remember the Super Bowls barely, you know, I really wish those Super Bowls would come now when I'm an adult and can like actually savor those moments. Um, but even like Nate was talking about Romo, like I remember when Romo went in halftime of that game for Bledsoe and like took over and I was watching it over at a friend's house and like started screaming and she had no idea why. <laughs> and I was like, cause this kid, this dude, like I knew it. And Oh my God, it was so exciting. Ah. <laughs> That's it. Well, well, it's, it's so funny though. Cause like, as we're, I'm sitting down probably like an hour before the show starts. And I just want to look at a few things, whatever, before we jump on here. And I go down this rabbit hole of just Tony Romo career highlights. <laughs> like, yeah. and I just, that's what I did for 40 minutes before we even jumped on. So <laughs> that's how prepared yes. I am. <laughs> that's awesome. 
I think I did that (laughs) with my dad when he came to visit for Thanksgiving. I think I got wasted and like turned on Tony Romo highlights. Next day, my YouTube history was like Tony Romo to Dare Spray. (laughs) Exactly. Gosh, that's one of those guys that was just not appreciated at his time, right? I mean, like, I don't think anybody ever gave him enough credit for just how good he was. And some of those teams even surrounding him were just fun to watch. Like, Marion Barber is not a big name, but I had so much fun watching Marion Barber. And you can retire at 28 and be like, hey, dude, okay. Yeah, I think uh, I saw, like, he's, like, third right now in touchdowns rushing career, uh, you know, rushing career touchdown for the Cowboys. I mean, Zeke's about to pass him, but it just shows you, like, he only played for, what, really, like, what, four or five years for the Cowboys? I mean, because – he dished out all the hits, man. Like I, I call him, he's like the bumper car without a bumper. Like that's, that was Marion Barber, man. It was awesome. Man, it was- yeah. well, he was, he was pre-beast mode. He was pre-beast yeah. mode. Yeah. Yeah. Like the greatest two yard run in history or whatever that was, but he was in the end zone. <laughs> oh, yes. And like, everybody knows exactly what I mean. Cause yep. he just, yep. that was an amazing, amazing run. But Absolutely. That's, that's one of the best runs I've ever seen. Best two yard run ever. Um, the uh, Cowboys had some things to cheer about this year, but it was a little what? bit. Obviously, it wasn't the year you wanted. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? about 2020. Say, what would cheer for what? Oh, CD Lamb, baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there you go. All right. You know what? There you go. All right, Nate. I'll give you that. Good call. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Dave, let's start with you. Like, what was Diggs? Diggs was giving us a little bit of hope there in the beginning. That was fun. What was 2020 like uh, being a Dallas Cowboys fan, Casey? It was like, like what a weight lifted off my shoulders to have to worry whether or not they're actually going to be a good team this year. Like after Dak went down, like your heart breaks and you feel like crap. He's crying going off the field and you're crying, seeing him cry. It's like, oh my God. And then the, the quarterback situation where, you know, Andy Dalton gets a concussion, he gets COVID, all that jazz. Like it was just, a, it, it's been a, Really, really, really messed up roller coaster. Yep. Uh, Nate, kind of similar for you. I mean, obviously, it's the first time you're watching a brand new coach in a while. So, yeah, very different well, year. So, I had high hopes, right? I mean, yeah, we, you know, we got an actual coach that has made it deep into the playoffs. And, you know, I mean, I was super happy about it. And I don't know, man. Like, I know Dak wasn't there for the majority of the season, but as the season went on, I couldn't help but question a lot of what the coaches were doing. Like I didn't understand a lot of plays that were put uh, together. So that in itself was very frustrating, but you know, you try to like, you know, it's a lost season after week five when he went down, you know? So, you know, you know, when Dak goes down, it's a lost season. You had some hope at the beginning. Then you saw Andy Dalton play and you realized, no, it's done. <laughs> so you try to just like pay attention to the things that carry over. And for me, you know, I mean, CD lamb was the, was the highlight for me. And that, that was something that, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later. Cause there's something on the dock that I'll, I'll bring them up on, but um, yeah. And you know, all the Z hatred needs to stop. Cause that's ridiculous. And you know, mm-hmm. He was yes. most productive when Dak was on the field. Uh, and then obviously, you know, defenses know we're not planning for freaking Andy Dalton. We're planning for Zeke. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to discredit the fact that Zeke did look not Zeke at times, but maybe his, his, his will and self-motivation kind of went out the window when, you know, his protection left him. So that's that's how the season went for me i guess 
it, it seemed like there were definitely some times where he looked injured. I mean, you're right. He didn't look like yeah. him, him himself. Um, when, when Pollard would come in to like spell him and take over for a little bit. And then he came back after he was a little bit more refreshed or even after the injury. Like, yeah, he looked so much better when he came back. Mm-hmm. Just having that little bit of rest. Yep. Uh, Jason, any uh, other thoughts on 2020? Oh, I just throw down the toilet. Um, I mean, so I guess the one disappointing thing for me, I mean, besides the six and 10 record, um, was not really being able to evaluate much on offense and not even just from a perspective of just missing Dak, just how this our offensive line was just completely demolished. Like, we were literally on our third and fourth string outside tackles. Like, mm-hmm. It, we we lost our back starters, then we lost our backups, and then we were on our second, you know, our third set. So you know, at that point, what can you really evaluate? And then um, once Marin goes down, what was that like week twelve? Yeah, then, then it's just like, oh my god! Now, now, now the only starter we have left is Connor Williams, which I don't know if anyone here is excited about that guy. Um, yeah, exactly. So, like, so there, there's, there's really no fair way to evaluate the offense. So, I mean, that's kind of, and then obviously the defense is, oh my God, what a disaster. Just a fire dump just left and right. So, I mean, it was just bad all around. Casey, um, I, I want to start with you on, on this question because, you know, it's it is true with the Dallas Cowboys. You spent a long time having the same coach there. The clapper took his talents to uh, the Giants <laughs> and um, he's, you know, he left a void. But Kellen Moore stayed. Mike McCarthy took the reins. Um, you've got, you know, now a new defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, out the door, which that was probably for the best. And Dan Quinn comes in, which he's got some chops. Um, what's your overall, just on a scale of one to 10, what's your confidence level in the coaching staff right now? Um, (laughs) you know, I'm going to put a, I'm going to drop it a little bit because they haven't proved to me that, but I, but I, I feel like they still have room to improve and they still have the, I think they can do it. So I'm going to give them a seven for right now. And a seven's good in the NFC East. So I'll do that. (laughs) Nate, does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I'll, if we're going to rate it like a 1 to 10, I'll, I'll give it a 7 right now just because anytime a change in coaching staff happens with the Cowboys, I my hope meter goes up because <laughs> it's like I know that a change is needed and it's not the talent on the field. The talent on the field, like this team has underperformed every season since I started watching them. Like they've always had the talent. It's not about that. It's about the coaching staff and, and, and the, the, I don't know that the atmosphere and, and, and everything else that's the, you know, the culture, I guess, that's created there in Dallas and, you know, elephant out of the room. And it's been talked about a million times. Jerry Jones needs to just hand over the reins to somebody and just sit back and watch from the press box and not try to control every little thing. Um, I'm starting to see that, which is, hopeful and, and making me feel a little better about the future. Um, but he still has a hold on it. And, and I think until that truly goes away, we're going to continue to see underperforming from this team because there's only so much the talent on the field can do. If you're not getting the, the support from the background and, you know, uh, everybody in the coaching staff. So Bob, can I, can I, you should I, be the, ne- the next GM, Nate. Hey, I, I'm, you know, I'll do it. Sure. Why not? 
Jason, uh, what about your thoughts on the uh, coaching staff? And then I want to come back to you and ask some, some cap questions too. So get oh, ready. Boy. Oh boy. Um, so the coaching staff, again, I mean, well, how can you really evaluate them with all the, you know, the, the injuries, especially on the offensive side? Um, I mean, any coach, even the tuna, you know, what could you expect him to do with, uh, did, did, what was his name? Danucci. I like this. Yeah, <laughs> this is a fun name to say. Denucci. Yeah, Ben Denucci. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how, how we expect to do that guy. You know what I mean? Like, so, I, 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 honestly, I mean, I know everyone's going one to 10. I'm going to give it a nice big I for an incomplete. Uh, they, they didn't finish the semester for me. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. So, I mean, I've changed my answer. I changed my answer. <laughs> And then, the, I mean, the, the one thing I would really – that would really make me question, though, was the choice to go with Mike Nolan. Um, you know, just such a big change on defense uh, when, you know, we have the pieces for a 4-3 hit-and-run defense and just changing something totally different. Um, you know, I hope I'm, – I pray so much that that will cause – uh, that will solve a lot of problems to make us not look. We need to be like average. You know what I mean? Like we don't even need to be great on defense. We need to be average. So um, hopefully it just makes take that step, but yeah, incomplete. So let's talk about the cap then. Cause that's obviously for any of these um, for, for whoever the coach is, it doesn't matter. Like you got to find right. a way to, to, to fit everybody under the cap and you've got some room. There's like about 27 million or so under the cap. If I'm looking at everything right, I'm sure you'll correct me if not. But um, for people who don't know, you are kind of a cap expert. You, you understand the cap really well and contracts and all that. You look at this stuff all the time. And I'm sure you look at it especially with your team, the Cowboys. I do. So, but you've got a pretty big undrafted uh, or unrestricted free agent hanging out there right now in oh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So, I will, um, so the one thing, um, right now they have the cap at 210. 210 million. I don't know if it's going to be that high, to be honest. So uh, I would actually cut this cap in half and probably say, probably about have a $15 million in cap space. Um, I mean, you're not the Dax even on the books and he's going to be for 38. <laughs> I mean, they're going to start moving a lot of money around. Uh, it's going to be tons of fun doing that. I hate restructuring, but I mean, they might just have to do it. Um, obviously, there's some guys they can cut. I mean, you hear you people rumble. I don't know how you guys feel. I hear the rumblings of cut Tyron Smith. I think you are absolutely insane if yes thank you nate i like that look <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. think they should be cutting tyrants you are absolutely off your rocker um that's not it <laughs> that's not it right that's not it remember what happened with dak what i mean obviously he i mean i hate to say this but what happens to dak every time when tyrant's gone i mean yeah so um but yeah i mean that's the biggest question mark and honestly that domino needs to fall first before any other domino can fall. And it's just at that point, once Dak takes that much space and you're moving money around, we're not going to be able to do anything else. Like literally nothing else. The so only way we're you're you're saying, you're saying 38 if he's franchise tag, right? Right. So then they need to freaking sign him. I mean, I know it's not going <laughs> to, it's probably going to increase it, but they can play around with years and, and how they do contracts and, um, <clears throat> To me, slapping a franchise tag on the guy, that's I don't think that's that's not the answer. I mean, they need to no, get you know, they've got a top guy at quarterback. It's ridiculous. You know, I tweeted out just before we even started this that he played half the games that Andy Dalton did with the Cowboys and only had three hundred and thirteen fewer passing yards. 
<laughs> so, you know, and, and Andy Dalton played 10 games and Dak Prescott played five or four and a half, however you want to word it. Right. Uh, so for me, it, I mean, Dak is the number one priority. And then you you fit everything else because they, they've got the offense. Like, they've got that down. Yeah. They just need to. And, and we're talking about salary cap. When was the last time the Cowboys didn't have a problem when it came to salary cap, right? They always somehow kind of figure it out. Yeah. Um, so, but they, they need to take care of Dak. And if they don't do that and they, they try to get too cute with things, then we're just back to, to square one. So at least you're not a hundred million on, uh, over the cap, like the saints. So, um, it could be worse. Uh, Casey, I, it, it's definitely sounds like Jason and, uh, Nate are on the team of like, definitely keep back. They're not well, every Cowboys fan. Uh, is I, there? I, I'm not on that team. I'm sorry. Oh, you're not. There go. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I had a feeling he wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So okay. I'll let right. you and I'll tell you what I said. Okay. So here's my. So okay. First of all, let me premise this with I do not hate Dak. All right, because that's what everyone thinks. If you you know <laughs> that yeah, see the Dak hater. Okay. Yeah. So they call me a Dak hater, and then just for fun, we I call them Dak riders. Get it, Dak rider. Um. Right. So here's the thing. And here's, I mean, I guess, I guess my just big issue is that Dak is seems very concerned about getting his next contract before this contract. Um, his whole thing is is that he wants to hit free agency in 2024 when the new TV money comes in. He wants, so he wants to be one of the guys getting you know 50 million a year or something like that because the money's just going to blow up. Um, and it's just, I mean. <sighs> If you want to be a cowboy for life, sign a five-year deal. You know what I mean? Like, why are you so worried about getting your next bag before you get the first one? You know? So, and I know everyone sit there and say, well, Wentz signed a four-year deal. Watson signed a four-year deal. Goff signed a four-year deal. Well, I get they were four-year deals, but they were four-year extensions that gave the team six years of control. And then the big money, you know, and everyone always wants to say, you know, the market is the last deal signed, right? Well, the last big deal signed was Mahomes for 10 years. So, I mean, so now I'm hearing Dak. I mean, I don't know how true this is, but word on the street is now he wants three years with avoidable fourth. So, and and look, I'd be fine with that if we had tons of cat space. But the issue with that is it just makes it hard to spread the money out throughout the yeah. deal. And we're going to have to cut. So we're going to have to cut other guys as a result of that. And I mean. I, I get where you're coming from, but you know, for me, it's like, it's a business decision, right? And and we're running a business. And just as the team would treat a player as a business, I think the, the players are now nowadays are realizing, hey, you know what? We've got power. We're gonna treat this as a business as well. And honestly, what offers have come through for Dak? I know he he did get one, I think, prior to the season that was pretty significant. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's not like they're they're continuously throwing deals at Dak where he's well, just shooting I, everything down. You know, I heard I heard the last deal was five years, 175 million with over 110 million guaranteed. Well, uh, I mean, Casey, Casey, get in here. Um, inspired by your uh, inspired by your wall painting. There is it a uh, Mo Money Mo Problem? Uh... Nice, nice, Calvin. <laughs> that, that, yes, I like to say way right there. Uh, <laughs> um. So about this, I've been all over the place. Oh my gosh, my brain hurts from it being all over the place. Just like in the last, you know, however long it's been going on. Um, 
my whole dream was actually that Matthew Stafford would come to Dallas. And so come we home, Matt. I know. I was saying Come home. Since that didn't happen, it kind of screwed up my whole entire thing because I was like, Dak's going to go to the Colts and blah, 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 blah. But that didn't happen. So, all right. Um, I mean, at least the uh, Matthew Stafford part didn't happen. Um, so I would like to see them sign Dak. I know that it's a, it is, to me, it is also a business thing. Like, of course, I'll, you know, they're loyal people. Dirk Nowitzki was with the, you know, Mavericks his entire life. And, you know, he did what he had to do and all that stuff. But that's a different breed of person, a person that's like that super loyal to a team that it's like, hmm. um, so I don't blame Dak. And I know his brother gets on social media a lot and talks about like <laughs> where and when and all this other stuff. So I, I hope they can find a way to figure out that the whole Zeke Elliott getting signed, like getting his contract the way he did. And then what the treatment that Dak has been getting, it's just kind of makes me but scratch he, my head. The only, reason why, the only reason why I can see those guys, those deals got done just from a management standpoint is those are seen as low-hanging fruit. Those guys signed six-year deals. Zeke was under contract then for eight years. Zeke's deal is really only a four-year deal for $10 million a year. You know what I mean? By the time he's 27, which we all know is that hill that Stephen Jones always talks about where they look to cut guys, that's when he'll finally be like a $15 million cap hit, and we can cut him and save like $13 million. So – you know, I mean, and, and the thing, and, and Amari Cooper, you know, they signed him to a huge deal. You know what I mean? But he gave them some lateral movement so they can move some money around and everything like that. He can actually be cut next year and we would save like $15 million in doing it. But they won't do that. Well, what, it, what they'll probably end up doing is they're probably using the fact that they have such a little dead money as a reason to restructure contracts and just move the money down the line. And that's how they're going to make space for this year is like by restructuring a guy like Amari Cooper and things like that. So, I mean, look, I mean, it, for me, I mean, here's my thing. I mean, and if Dak and if Dak would have done this, I would have had no problem with it. Sign the five year deal when year four comes, hold out like Zeke did. Yeah, I mean, he could do that. So I know this 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 podcast or this episode isn't really fantasy based, but I look at fantasy numbers all the time. That's, I mean, that's my thing, and uh, you know, it does translate to NFL. And you're talking about a guy, Dak Prescott, who played four and a half games, whatever you want to call it. And he finished in PPR points or in, in, in fantasy football points ahead of Sam Darnold, who played in 12 games. <laughs> so, I mean, you're talking about a guy who played a quarter of the season, still finishing ahead of a guy who played three quarters of a season, who is a starting quarterback. That to me, and, and he's been like, what, top 11 every season in his career prior to last year, obviously, because he played a quarter of the season. He's been a top 11 quarterback uh, every year. So to me, he's, I mean, the dude is a top-notch player. He's He needs to stay here because I just, I, I don't think there's an answer anywhere else. Like that's that's my my take on Dak. I think that, you know, it took a lot for me to even like him because I was such a Tony Romo fan. And I was like, that's oh, me man, too. they did, they did Romo too. so bad, oh you know, like that's crap. What Tony Romo did, they just wanted the shiny new toy. Wait, Nate, I think yeah. your mic cut out. Yeah. Oh, whoop. there it is. I, I forgot about that. That was <laughs> that happened during our other show too. But yeah, we, we missed like the last like uh, thirty seconds. 
Yep, you're oh, now you're now you're muted. This is is this uh, like it, a, it happened to me last time? Uh, every thirty minutes, my mic mutes out. I don't know what it is. Th that's just an epic homage to uh, Dingus right there because he it's definitely so does awesome. that at least once a show. So I, I it's, like it's once or twice a show for me. So keeps it going. It keeps it going. I'm just saying that they, you know, it took a while for me to like Dak because you know uh, they did they did Tony Romo wrong with the shiny new toy, but then I realized, dude, this I mean this guy is for real. Like he's yeah. he's a true talent in the NFL. His numbers speak for itself. At the end of his career, if he sticks with with the Cowboys, he's probably going to lead in every category. He's going to surpass Tony Romo in so many things, which to me is crazy impressive. Mm -hmm. And if they don't hold on to somebody like that. It's just this perpetual thing with the Cowboys where they they think that they're what they're doing next is smarter, and if they're if they're not signing Dak, I think it's the wrong choice. So that, that's how I feel about it. Casey. I mean, they they got lucky with they got lucky with Romo. They got lucky with Dak. It's just so you know, it, yeah. you were going to cut Romo at one point. He was like fourth on your depth chart or whatever. Like you got super lucky. You think that's going to happen again? Remember Dak was battling with Jameel Showers? Jameel yeah. Showers, yeah. he's a perverted cornerback. Yeah. I remember I was in Mexico when all that stuff happened, and I was like, what did I miss? Yeah. So I don't know. Oh. I know, but one thing, I mean, and this, I, I understand this could be oversimplifying it to the uh, very, very much, but, I mean, I understand what you're saying from, you know, uh, from uh, offensive production standpoint, but – when Dak put up his best career numbers, and I and look, I get it. Again, it's oversimplifying. We were eight and eight, and we were he, he was killing it last year. And what were we one and three? An onside's kick away from being zero and three. Um, so I mean, and then in in t last year when we were eight and eight, I think the offense averaged twenty seven points a game, and that's with almost no injuries. Uh, we were decimated this year, and we averaged twenty five. So. I mean, is you telling me Dak's only worth two points and two wins for $40 million a year? Well, I mean, that's that, that's a small sample size right there, I think. I, well, I got four years to go on, and if I go back further, I could even say the, the, the least the, – the times the least we relied on Dak, our team was overall better. Well, I we think our problem for a long time has been the defense. Yeah. And, and that's really what it is. Like, they need to address, like hardcore – the Cowboys are continuously playing catch up. They can score 30 points a game and it's still not enough. I mean, that's the problem with this team. And that's what needs to, you know, they need to focus on offensive line to give any talented quarterback in the NFL time to, to make plays. Cause if, if they're protected and they get seven seconds to freaking throw the ball, good things are going to happen no matter who's back there. So I'll give you that. Right. So mm -hmm. if, they, if they, if they can actually keep that down and, and actually have, uh, people behind expect the injuries, right? You gotta have backups that you know are gonna step in and and produce and and as if like the 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 starter didn't go down. I know I know that's like kind of speaking fantasies, but there's that's that's number one and number two. Defense needs to help you win football games. I mean, look what just happened in the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, the favorites, Kansas City Chiefs, man. You know, is it Patrick Mahomes in his entire career, high school, college, and NFL, has never played a single game where his offense did not score one touchdown. And that yeah. happened in that mm -hmm. game because the Tampa Bay defense freaking stepped up and they won 31 to 9. So 
the, the Cowboys, they have flashes on defense where it's like, yeah, but you want to know something? I find myself over the last, what, 14 years now watching them like every day where they get an interception. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like it's it's never happened before. Yeah. Holy crap. They just got a turnover. Like, it's so awful. Like they need to create turnovers and create pressure. And that's something they've struggled with for many years. And that's where the focus needs to be for this for this team. Casey, I'll, I'll start with you as we transition here, I guess, to the draft, because that's kind of you mentioned uh, cornerback or secondary being a, a, a definite need for the team. Uh, I saw on Twitter. Uh, yeah. just, is that kind of where you expect them to go? Or do you think maybe that offensive line gets gets a look there at 10? That's where I've been kind of debating if they don't trade out. Um because I really would like that to happen, but that's like a dream scenario for me. Um, I, I was listening to the radio actually on the way to the liquor store earlier, and they were talking about the same situation, O-line versus a cornerback and who would be available and so on and so forth and who you, you could plug in there. Um, and, and Jeff Cavanaugh brought up a good point that you can find cornerbacks in the third and fourth round that are actually – you know, guys you can plug in and start right away and they look awesome. O-line is kind of more on the the shaky side when it comes to being able to just plug somebody in. And, and so um, if you can get, get a guy in the first round that has that caliber, I know that they were talking about um, Slater. Um, they were talking about Sertan and Farley being the three guys. And, and I, I don't know much about college football, but looking at what, I was looking at earlier today, I was like, okay, so I think any of those guys would be good fits for the Cowboys. Um, but I kind of would like to wait just a little bit on cornerback and try to like, you know, get somebody in the third round or whatever. Jason, they shocked the world last year when they drafted lamb. I mean, nobody expected that. Yeah. Are, are, are we getting Najee Harris to the Cowboys? Is that what's going to happen? No, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> um, but I mean, okay. So, I, I mean, I'm just a firm believer. You just at that at that position on the board, you just take the best player available. And I actually believe that seeing them take CD Lamb last year proved that they stick to their they were sticking to their board yeah, of sure. best player available. Um, because obviously he wasn't a position of need. Um, so uh, I, I definitely would like cornerback. Um, there's only two of them, from what I'm understanding. Uh, me too, as well. Big. JC1053 fan here. Um, yep. And the draft show. Shout out to those guys. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I listen to those guys every day. And, um, I mean, it seems like there's only, like, really two cornerbacks that are, like, really the cream of the crop of this class, which is Farley and Sertan. So, uh, you know, there's a chance both of them could be there. Um, I, but now me personally, if it were down to uh, O-line versus a cornerback um, – I personally would go O-line uh, as a tiebreaker just because I'm just a firm believer in the game. You win the game in the trenches and, um, you know, a, a solid front on either side can hide stuff in the back. So um, that's why I would go that. So Slater would probably be a nice option there if he's available. Um, I would like to throw a wrench in here too and uh, say, don't, don't you dare think that Jerry's not going to be eyeing 
maybe one of these quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. I knew sliding. you were going to say I they start knew sliding, it, If they start sliding a little mm-hmm. bit, I mean, hey, you see Jerry make a move because, look, man, like let's say they really like Zach Wilson, for example, and he starts sliding down, which – or who knows? Maybe they even call the Jets up and the Jets are like, we're going to stick with Darnold, which I don't think they're going to do. But, you know, or or or, Tua, or uh, the Dolphins, let's say they're going to stick with Tua and they, do, they trade up. And, you know, let's say Zach Wilson, they go to – you know, that's their guy. Like we've seen teams do it like – the Chiefs, they went up from what twenty something, all the way up to what twelve. They went and got their guys. So I mean, just that, that's, that's just don't just don't mix Jerry out with that. So and then uh, yeah. the biggest one <laughs> for me is Pitts. I mean, yes, if he's there, I was like, <laughs> how do you like how do you turn that guy down? From what I'm seeing, yeah. like, people think he's the best. He's the second best prospect period behind Lawrence in this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, geez, imagine that. Imagine Lamb, Pitts. Ooh. I mean, because Gallup's. I mean, because I mean, we're not gonna be able to keep Gallup. We're not. We all know that, right? We all know Blake that. Blake Jarwin would still be there, man. That would be really. That would be just you're like you're not going to take Pitts because of Jarwin. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying no, no, no. I'm saying as well. So it's like oh, you've got, yeah. you've got yeah. five freaking <laughs> options that are elite <laughs> options to the throw fact- to, including so six if you include yeah, not the yeah. Right. That would be such a disgusting offense. It wouldn't no, matter at that crazy. point what the defense did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you, if you got O-line and Kyle Pitts, <laughs> you got O-line and Kyle Pitts taken care of, and yeah. you, you're you're running two tight end sets with the three top uh wide receivers on your on your on your roster, including a pass catching running back in Tony Pollard <laughs> and Zeke Elliott. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That offense would pro that would be the best offense in the NFL. I don't care. Like, it, it, as long as Dak is the one throwing to him. Yeah, and I mean, since they decided last year to take Lamb, we know we know that they will go best player available if need be. You know, like if somebody like that falls to you, how do you how do you kind of say no to that? I, I'm not expecting it to happen, but if it does, like snatch all day. Like that's mine. That I know there's two things I don't want to happen. <laughs> I don't want to see him go to the Eagles or the Giants. I no, know that. No. <laughs> That's going to be problems for like a decade. Giants fans seem to be clamoring for pits too. That's oh, oh, Ingram gross. I don't know. (laughs) And then, like, um, it just honestly, him to Philly just makes way too much sense. Like, it just makes way too much sense. So, yeah, see you later, Zach Ertz. It would be Goddard and, and Pitts. Yeah. Nate, what would that do for the uh, other weapons, though, from a fantasy standpoint? I mean, there's only one ball and only so many plays and only so many pass attempts. What what would that do for the fantasy value of the wide receivers? Well, I think for me, like the way you look at it is initially you'd be like, oh, you get you have to cut them back a little bit, which to me, I love it because if their ADP drops, I'm thinking, you know what? That just opens up the field for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So literally anybody can make a huge play on any given time because there's just too much for opposing defenses to even try to, you know, come up with and in, in, in who, who to game plan for. So I think I would still hold on to everybody. I'd be buying everyone in that offense and I wouldn't be worried about the too many miles to feed. I'd be like, too much open space. I mean, you know, for me, that's what it would be about. And I would want to own as much as possible if that if that yeah. were to come to fruition. I, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Casey, let me ask you this. So, like, 
we're the Dynasty Vipers, so we think about Dynasty fantasy football. And I know Nate, you mostly think about like you have a redraft. Dynasty, you mostly think about redraft. Yeah. Um, but just from a Dynasty standpoint, doesn't the value of some of these guys really hang on whether or not Dak is going to be around? I mean, like, isn't that kind of one of those open-ended things? Like, like we got Drew Brees transitioning out, Taysom Hill coming in, everybody's nervous about Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara all of a sudden. If you go from Dak to Ryan Fitzpatrick or something like that. Like, doesn't that, (laughs) but you know, like somebody, somebody much on a much lower scale, doesn't that kind of change the overall view of what we expect the next three to five years? Maybe, but in my opinion, not because a, okay. So there's so many mouths to feed. My thought process is somebody's not going to be there. Right. So if I buy low on somebody, I think it's not going to be there like a Michael Gallup or something. And he gets traded to a team where he's all of a sudden the two again and he can produce, then I just like cashed in, ding, ding, ding. And at the same time, too, if you have a guy that's inexperienced who is like a tight end is my security blanket kind of guy, then I'd be focusing on the tight ends, too. So if Kyle Pitts came to the Cowboys, I mean, I would assume he'd be the top tight end to target, in my opinion, besides like, you know, Kelsey. But, you know, that's just how I feel about it. So I think that they (laughs) they and they've shown that they can support multiple thousand yard seasons from guys. I mean, Gallup and. Gallup and Cooper did it two years ago, and um, you know if if Dak would have stayed healthy, I mean, <laughs> sky's the limit, you know. Could have had three. Could have had three. <laughs> Actually, I think Randall Cobb almost had nine hundred yards. He did. He was seen very short. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think this year easily would have happened with three one thousand yard receivers. Oh, for sure. And then like. I don't know, man. They they would be competing with. It sounds crazy, right? Because it never played out. But I think they would have been competing with Kansas City for the best offense in the league. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. We were robbed. I mean, we were robbed of like a very special Dak Prescott season oh, because, sure. like, I think it was like Week Twelve when Baker Mayfield finally passed him in pass yards, and he didn't play <laughs> after like Week Four. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Right? I mean. I mean, Dak went out catching a touchdown pass, pro, you know, earlier in that game from Cedric mm. Wilson. Like, I mean, right. it was like a season that we could have had, you know, something amazing. And then, eh. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, any other thoughts about like who, who you guys like targeting the draft? I mean, obviously, like we don't expect we don't expect skilled position players, even though we're talking about pits and that'd be fun. But we don't really <laughs> expect that. Right. No, probably not. Probably not, but I mean, I mean we don't know. O line or defensive help, man. I mean, that's that's those are the two places of need, honestly. What no. about free agency? Yeah. What, what, like, do you think kind of the same positions are, are are what you expect to be targeted? What free agency? We have no money. <laughs> I mean, that's that's yeah. We don't. That's that's always the problem, right? That's always the problem with the Cowboys. It's like the cap. Actually, if you actually go back a few years, um, I'm pretty sure you guys remember there actually was a time when we had like 80 million dollars in cap space. Yeah, but one time, people, I remember that one time. Right. Yeah. But what people don't realize, it took like five years of bargain barrel shopping in order to get there. You know what I mean? Like that money right. just didn't come out of every out of thin air people. You know what I mean? It takes years to develop that money. So. You know, just like uh, and, and, leagues, guys. <laughs> and and here's the funny part: just as it takes years to develop that money, it takes literally minutes for it to go away. Because then we signed Cooper, then we signed Zeke, then we signed Smith, and there went all the money. You know what I mean? So that's why we couldn't keep Byron Jones and yeah, Byron Jones, man. 
this mini helmet signed by Barry Jones, man, one of my awesome, favorite dude. freaking players. That's awesome. That is, that's a nice me. I met him at, at a fantasy convention and freaking. So I actually, actually went to the Rod Dolphins. Hand. What's that? I got to shake Rod Marinelli. Rod Marinelli's hand. I was going, so I work out at the uh, at the Star. Yeah. Oh, he's dropping it. Oh, nice. I work out. <laughs> You're working out at the Star. <laughs> right. I was working oh, out at the Star. Like he's working out. You think I'm going to see him at a retro fitness or a, you know one of those no, like little? I'm sorry. I'm from New Hampshire. I can't work out at the Star. Jason. I'm sorry, <laughs> buddy. No, but um, it's okay. But you know, he was he was just there walking in because uh, they have to walk through through there to get to their facility. So it was pretty mm. cool. I just walked up to him nonchalantly and said, "Hey, Mister Marinelli, how are you?" And he just shook my hand. And then I remember seeing David Irving, like literally like weeks before he quit football, was working <laughs> out Pilates with the ladies in, in in the gym there. So yeah, it was pretty cool. But um, no, I mean, this is as far as the season, it just really sucked. And the draft, I mean. I'm down with Casey and everyone else. Captain Trade down. Mm. Captain Trade. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Trade down. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we haven't talked about it. You know, oh. obviously, Dak Prescott, he did have a pretty big injury coming off the field. But it doesn't sound like anybody is really worried about it. Like, do, do any of you guys have any concerns about, like, if you do sign him, is he going to be a less than he was last year? Like a little bit, but it, it, it's a thought that crosses my my mind every now and then. But other thoughts that cross my mind are if we get another quarterback in here and he sucks immediately, then I mean it's kind of the same. <laughs> Money wise, it's not, but you know what I mean. Like we're still going to be losing. <laughs> I I think that um, it does concern me a little bit because it was such a gruesome injury where um, it takes a lot of time to heal. But I'm hearing that he's been involved in practices and he he looks like his – I don't know if I want to say his old self, but he, he looks like he's a, a highlight in, in, in practices. So as long as I keep hearing those things, I'm, I feel encouraged and I'm hoping that it's not something that hinders his ability going forward. I actually, I've been waiting to drop this, but I actually had the exact same injury as him playing basketball. Really? So as an elite athlete myself, I can tell you that, you know, he's going to be fine. He'll be fine. Dude, Calvin, thank Don't you worry. so much. You just made my day, bud. Yeah, you got it. I just, um, I just, I just don't think I'm running as much anymore. That's all. Yeah. Eh, that's okay, though. I mean, that, that if we're talking dynasty, we're talking like, you know, if we want to keep years on deck, you know, then fine. You know, that, that just protects him even more we've seen Dak Prescott perform on the legs and and not needing to do that as well because he's such a freaking great passer man it's just like I, I mean yeah I know I'm where I'm such a freaking fan right it's fine it's cool whatever I'll I own up to it I like Dak this, this is the Cowboys freaking podcast that we're talking so right I'm the only me, one not wearing Cowboys stuff it's, okay. it's, it's a safe space right so like and I'm a Saints fan for me, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit anymore, guys. Quarantine. <laughs> for me, with fantasy football, it's like I have to like take that out, right, and, and just look at pure numbers and stuff. But right mm -hmm. now, I'm taking the opportunity to just you know look at what I have been watching, you know. And to me, he gives us the best shot of winning a Super Bowl. And I don't care who else it is coming in. I know somebody else mentioned possibly Deshaun Watson, like. Mm. Crazy things can happen in the NFL. 
I would, be fun. I would. I wouldn't hate that. But I, I wouldn't hate that, but I, I still think Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Sean Watson. Really? I do. Yeah. I do too, but uh, that might be my bias, just being able to watch him more. You know. Uh, I do like that. I also know that you like Ezekiel Elliott a lot, Nate. So yeah. I guess maybe could you talk a little bit? There's a, lot, a lot of the community, especially in Dynasty Leagues, is down on Ezekiel Elliott. Talk a little bit about why you like Ezekiel Elliott so much. Well, I mean, first of all, he's an elite running back in the NFL. I mean, are we going to deny that for a second? Like, again, when – and Jason brought this up earlier – so many guys on the offensive line went down. We were working on third string dudes and you know, your, your elite quarterback, your, your franchise quarterback goes down with a season ending, ending uh, injury. When those things happen, you cannot expect the running back to just all of a sudden be the offense. Like defenses are not stupid. They know, okay, wait, Andy Dalton or Zeke, who am I planning for? They're going to plan for freaking Zeke Elliott. And for me, like, I I mean, I could list off freaking numbers for days. It's like, I don't want, I don't want to go into that because I could say, you know, Zeke, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's, it's, if you look at the splits, right? The first five games, Zeke Elliott had what, two over, two games over 100 rushing yards. Like, and that was one thing that people criticized him for, including myself. Like, hey, he just had his first 100 yard rushing performance in the last 10 weeks. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. Dak Prescott isn't there. Like if you're, if name another starting quarterback in the NFL, if that guy goes down, Hmm. how much do you expect out of that running back thereafter? You know? And and the truth is he was the RB 10 in fantasy football. And it was a down year. This, right. That's what. Thank you. So that's what I'm saying. Well, it was a down year. <laughs> it was. But his down year is great for almost anyone else. I, that's what I'm saying. Your expectations I mean, yeah. fantasy. That's the problem. So, so people that are saying cut Zeke, we don't need him. He's trash. They're, yes. they're not. That's just ridiculous. Because for me, give me the guy who on a down year is still a top ten running back in the league. Give me that guy. Like that's who I want a guy that has no protection because the offensive line is trash because of injury. Give me the guy that their star quarterback has gone down and he's not performing Zeke wise. Like this, this is where fantasy and, and, and real football separate completely because yeah. fantasy football, he didn't do well for your teams. Like he didn't do what you drafted him for. Right. However, he was a top 10 running back at the end of the year, but you drafted him to be a top three guy. Like, whatever, dude. Fine. But he still produced. Like, it looked like he didn't, but he was a top 10 running back in the NFL, like it or not, with all those situations. Now, you got to start a year as if, like, injuries are, you know, everybody's going to be good. Like, we're good. We're back to normal. Dak is back. The you know if all things come into place, people are gonna feel dumb for selling Zeke uh, in twenty twenty one. I was just about to say that buy Zeke. He's probably so cheap. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I got him in a dynasty league last year for Odell Beckham and Damian Harris. See that Mm. beautiful. (laughs) I know. 
really it's it's knowing who you're playing in a league with because I know I won't be able to do that. And like I don't know. I have to find the guy. To me, Zeke Elliott is a guy that like I don't like personally, but he's a a great a great asset to the Cowboys. And the only thing that I re- there was that stretch where he had the fumble issue, and yeah. that's kind of mm. what hurt you in fantasy is like giving the ball up and giving the ball up again and then not getting to play for a little bit while Pollard comes in. So on and so I mean Pollard also had his fumbling issues. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Yeah. Casey, would you say you're hypnotized by Ezekiel Elliott? Oh my <laughs> Calvin. Dude, host of the year, this guy. <laughs> no. My, my whole thing with Zeke is I think people get too involved in the fantasy stuff because there is so much stuff he does that they don't do stats for, like pass right. blocking or going in motion and coming and cracking down on a defensive end and putting him on his rear. You know what I mean? Like you don't they don't they don't they don't put they don't they don't stats for points. I don't, I don't get a point for that. You know what I mean? So that, and then, like, if you are, like, I, look, we're all Cowboys fans, so we probably watch him. I watch him, obviously, a little more closely than other people do. But, mm-hmm. like, Drew never falls backwards. Like, I'm just looking at his stats right now. He had, so if I told you I, I, we didn't know who it was, I said 979 yards, four yards per carry for six touchdowns. And he had no offensive line. I know. I know. I agree. So, That's I one, mean, thing, one thing I always loved about Dak was that he always falls forward. Mm. Whether it's a half-yard gain, one-yard gain, it, with almost any other running back, it would have been a three-yard loss. Like Yes, or one-yard gain for any other running back is four yards for Zeke. Stuffed right away, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why yards per carry, I hate that freaking stat. Like I hate it because you can have a negative four-yard run and then go off on a 17-yard run and then rush for another three yards. It's like – and then you're like, oh, wait, the dude's averaging like 12 yards of carry. He's freaking awesome. You know, it's like it doesn't have to be that pretty. And the whole running backs don't matter that, you know, happens in, in, in fantasy. I'm not I'm not behind that because it's like it, it's like I want to know really what that means, because if running backs don't matter, then why are you drafting them on your fantasy team? So like, why are you doing that? Like, it was just it's ridiculous. like there are only a handful of running backs that you can confidently draft where you're like, this dude means something. Derrick Henry, he's one of my favorite running backs because he's a pure runner. Like, he might not catch the ball, but he doesn't need to with how well he runs it. Like, I love those type of running backs, and it doesn't happen often because the game has changed too much. Mm-hmm. So running backs do matter. That's all I'm going to say. See, you know, I think it really, you know, I think where it really started hurting running backs is when PPR came involved. Exactly. Uh, and in my personal yeah. opinion, and the way that we do it in my dynasty league, because mm-hmm. I think, because I think that's because basically what you're doing is you're totally discrediting workhorse running backs. So we yeah. actually offset that by doing a quarter point per carry. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So this way, workhorse running backs, because there are so few of them there now. So you know what I mean? There, there. How many guys are getting 20 carries a game? Four, five. I was gonna say less than five. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, not many. Not yeah. many. So, like, the workhorse is a dying breed, and yeah. there's very few guys, and that's where if you get one of those guys, that's where you separate yourself from everyone else. We're, we're coming up on an hour. Nate, I want to let you get a word in here on CD Lamb because I know you had some CD Lamb knowledge you wanted to drop on us. Ooh. Well, no, it, it, it wasn't knowledge. It was kind of like the whole, like, <laughs> what, was, what was the moment in 2020 that, that, like, I took away, right? And for me... It was that freaking catch by CD Lamb against the Vikings. And, you know, 
I mean, he looked like a ferret the way he, he <laughs> bent his back, like in a way that I could never do. And it was the way he made that catch was just impossible. It was pro I want to know like the advanced metrics on that and, and what the percentage was that he was actually going to make that catch. It had to have been less than 5%. I think yeah. it was, I think it was like 1.9 if memory serves. Uh, no, don't quote me on that. No, I, I want to see it. I got to look that up now. So guys, if you guys find out at me, let me know because it, I know it had to have been less than 5% for him to catch that ball. And to me, that was like I was already leaning in this direction, but after he made that catch, I was thinking this dude is the wide receiver one for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021. Mm. No doubt about it. What he did in his rookie season, first of all, rookie wide receivers very rarely actually pan out. Like there's a lot of hype behind them, but there's a lot of stuff for a wide receiver to learn, right? It's not you're not being ha handed the ball and say, now, okay, now go run, find a hole. Like, and I'm not saying that's so much easier, but I, you know, you got to run routes and it's mm -hmm. like so many intricate things with wide receivers. And that's why they don't normally pan out in the rookie season. So what he was able to do on a consistent basis, regardless of who his quarterback was, he already shown he was quarterback proof as a rookie. Uh, to me, that was the pivotal moment where I looked at him and I was like, this dude is going to be the number one guy in Dallas in 2021 and that is that's what i took out of 2020 which you know a lot of fans cowboys fans even if hey we're not even talking about nfl for a second everyone hated 2020 i mean it was just awful year right. for everybody so that was the one bright spot i took from it and i and i think that you know me saying that he's gonna be the wide receiver one next year isn't even bold it's not it shouldn't even be a hot take like mm. i think that's that that was my biggest takeaway, and that's why I love CD Lamb so much. I just watched him grind, and, and he just found production where it wasn't supposed to be, and he he made me excited to watch this team uh, going forward. Casey, any other uh, juicy information you want to talk about on the Dallas Cowboys? I don't think Blake Bell's going to be there anymore. <laughs> no, I don't have any other juicy information. <laughs> Well, awesome. So I think that's that's going to do it. So one last thing is it was really cool. I, I saw that Jason Witten had some offers for pro teams, for uh, collegiate teams to go coach. He's going to be coaching a high school. And I just think that's so cool that uh, he took a job as the, um, let me see the name of it, uh, the Liberty Christian High School. Mm -hmm. Doesn't and surprise me. Cool thing. Signed a one-day contract. <laughs> do what? I think his kids go there. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. I, I think that's such a cool... He just seemed like such a great guy. Like, just great yeah. ambassador for the Cowboys. You know, the kind of guy you want representing your team and your city. Well, we definitely know there's probably no more offers in the broadcast booth for him after the last stage. Whoa. No. <laughs> oh, come on. Hating on a good dude. <laughs> that Zeke? Sanders. Oh, better, better. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Nice, man. I love it. I heard we're, I heard we're doing a cowboy God. show, so I made sure to saddle up here for it. And you got the handlebar going too, man. I didn't, that's beautiful. I do. I do. I need some big and rich, a little bit, maybe a little uh, save a horse, ride a cowboy action. We'll be good to go. That's right. Oh, there was one season I was the commissioner of a league, and um, I called it Save a Horse was the name of the league. 
and my team name was Ride a Cowboy. So it's like I had everybody in on it, and they hated it because I'm from New England, and they're like, "What the hell is this shit?" Well, if I start pulling on my my dance moves here, it'll certainly hypnotize you. Is that am I doing it right, Calvin? Oh, he's doing it. Nice. I don't, I don't think anybody even caught my, my, my juicy comment. My Casey. juicy comment. Casey, well, look what you look what you started, Casey. That always happens. I love it. Anytime that a podcast can be Biggie Smalls related, like anywhere right. in there, it's like I did my part. I I touched so, the podcast the way I should have. So I just say that you know, Casey, I'm a Tupac guy. Sorry. Oh, uh, you know, that's what you happens. Can appreciate you both. know, no, I'm just. Saying. Oh, you can't appreciate both. You got one or the <laughs> other. These are beefs, homie. So we're right at an hour, um, Casey. Just one last plug for exactly where we can find you and what yep. what you're working on. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at the Casey Queso. Uh, I write over with the fantasy footballers, and I have a podcast called Get Real with Casey Queso. Just go search it and find it, and you'll find me. Yeah, it's all good. Awesome, Jason. Last word uh, for you and uh, where we can find you and what you're doing. Yep, yep. You can find me on Twitter at DFFJ Waltner, also on the gram, DFFJ Waltner, and uh, look out for Capology 101 starting back up real soon. Very cool, Nate. Yeah, at Dominate FF right here. Am I doing that right? Yeah, here we go. Yes. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, all my content right now, man, I am I am bought in with uh, the game day NFL. So you can follow me there. Uh, I'm, I'm producing weekly videos. I just recorded my way too early top 10 tight ends. Uh, so look out for that on Twitter. So that's where you need to follow me, Twitter. And then, and then you get everything else because I just spew my content continuously and you know it must be at a at an annoying rate, but uh, you know, hey, it, I'm doing something right. I think. I hope. No, nope. you no are. Fantasy football Snapchat or anything? Nothing like nothing like that. TikTok. 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 No, not yet. Not yet. I mean, you know, it's 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 in the talk. MySpace. It's in the talk. We're we're, we're TikToking about it. Now, um, Nate, we all know you. We all know Nate has an OnlyFans. Don't lie. Don't lie. Fantasy <laughs> football OnlyFans. I think that's what we're doing. There you go. Mm. Hold up. Yeah. Tap, tap. A little preview. Fantasy Cowboys clam chowder. Cowboys clam chowder. I love it. There we go. Matt, any last word before we take, take us out of here? So, you guys piqued my interest here as soon as we started talking about the draft. I, I do think the best play in the Cowboys book would be to trade back, yeah. get a few assets. We know they're tight against the cap. Get those cheap salaries in there. There's some good offensive linemen, especially swing tackles, uh, offensive linemen that can go inside and outside. So that, that is, with the way the Cowboys line got beat up last year, you guys mentioned that throughout the show. Getting one of those versatility type guys like Vera Tucker, he'd be an absolute stud there. Um, I do think Jerry. I, I mocked my last mock Kyle Pitts to the Cowboys because I think Jerry, mm. that's, if he's sitting there 10, that's going to be too hard for him to turn down. Um, I do think there's three corners that they could, if they traded back, uh, we talked about certain, you guys talked about Farley. I love, I love JC Horn too. Good length. Good guy. You get a little bit later on in drafting. Sante Samuels, a guy you get either late first, early second as targets on that end of things. And of course the, Micah Parsons, that middle linebacker for Penn State, you know, Leighton Vanderash has had his own little issues there. I know. Uh, mm -hmm. Jay Walner, you could probably talk about uh, what LVE looks like if he was to leave the team and how to bring Micah Parsons in. And it's just a cheaper contract to bring in at some point. So definitely something that could be uh, looked at. Um, we have a uh, 
Cal, I'm getting Calvin to come off work early tomorrow. He's gonna. We've got about a 30 minute spiel with Jim Nagy tomorrow morning mm-hmm. at noon at noon mm-hmm. Eastern. So no way, dude! Wow, congrats! Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So, uh, Huge. I we we talked yeah. to Nate earlier in this off season about being loud when it's quiet, and we've certainly tried to be as loud as we possibly can right now. So, and Casey, love your show. That's one of the best shows out there right now. That's the that's the thing that makes me the most happy. So thank yeah. you. So well, thank you. Know, to is all of you. Well, real quick, I just want to drop one thing real quick because you yeah, brought it up. Go no, uh, big decision coming up on LVE, Leighton Van Der Esch, this mm-hmm. offseason. They have to decide whether they're going to pick up his fifth-year option or not. So that will give you a sign of what they think of him. Yeah, good good call. i got to have you on to talk about Saints cap at some point, Jason. Oh but, uh, we'll talk about that later. An hour long enough? Is an hour <laughs> long enough? Yeah, it's going to be a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for everything that you're you're doing and the community and all that. Thank you for coming on the show. If anybody for some reason is not paying attention to what these guys are doing, make sure you're doing that. Matt, you're killing it too. I and uh, yeah, follow me at Calvin and Hobby. And uh, yeah, we got a lot. We got sixty. We're halfway there. We got sixteen of these team spotlights done. We got sixteen more to go. Having a blast. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely catch you on the next one. Tune in tomorrow. Go Cowboys. Maggie.